Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. And uh, we will have Leon Drysaddle coming up just after 1 o'clock. Uh, Jack Michaels and me will talk a bit about the Oilers lineup at about 115, and around that time. And then our champion series continues with three-time Stanley Cup champion Steve Smith um, at 135 today. We had uh, Craig Simpson on Monday, Grant Fuhr on Tuesday, uh, obviously the Gary Bettman uh, press conference took uh, precedence on Wednesday, as well as the appearance from... Uh, Alberta Premier Jason Kenney on orders now and orders General Manager Ken Holland. Excuse me. Yesterday, Kevin Lowe joined us, and today it'll be Steve Smith. Well, he didn't win any Stanley Cup championships, but let me tell you this. As we go off to our Oilers Now uh, headliner for touchback safety, there is no question to me, I think it's got to be stated here, right here, right now, that if you'd seen Elliot Friedman over the course of the last week on his numerous uh, platforms, Uncle Drew from the Pepsi Max commercials has nothing uh, on uh, Elliot Friedman and the look that he's sporting right now. Way to go, young blood! You're looking good. <laughs> That's really good stuff. I like that. Good job. That, 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 now, you've not shaved, obviously, since the pause. Is that correct? Yeah my uh, my last day I shaved was I think it was the 13th. It was the Friday. I think okay. that was the day they officially canceled the seat or paused the season. That was yep. the last, whatever it was, it was the Friday. It was two days after you guys and the Jets played that great last game. Yep. So that was the last day I shaved. Well, uh, so it's been 10 weeks, and uh, Elliot is our headliner today for Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. And we'll tell you that uh, Touchback Safety. Uh, uh, as well as uh, River Cree Resort Casino brings Elliot every Friday to you on Oilers Now. So you haven't shaved for 10 weeks, so you're not going to go until we start the season up again? Is that the plan? That's my plan. Don't shave until we drop the puck. See, and I'm, I'm doing it a little bit differently, Elliot. I'm trying not to miss a show the entire pause. So if we don't get Good going, you. like if we play... Uh, let's say we're fortunate enough to play by August the 1st, since it looks like July 10th could be training camps. Yeah. Uh, you know, that would be, I, I'm going to try to do the show every day all the way through. So, well, you know, it's good on you, Bob. Like, uh, I, I don't have the same workload. I mean, we're, we're still doing the podcast. I'm still doing the blog and we're still doing the, um, uh, and we're still doing like our ass 31 YouTube things. And I'm a big believer that, 
people out there, they want something to distract them. They want something to occupy their mind in these challenging times. And if you can provide two hours a day, I think that's really good on you. And you got a hell of a show today. you got Steve Smith. you got Dreisaitl. I'm sorry you have to ruin it with me. Well, and, and we got Jack as well. So, you know. And you got I, Jack, too. Like, that's a good show. That's a good yeah. show. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Uh, I will say this, Elliot. I'd like to get your thoughts, uh, and we'll just start with, I mean, you've been following this as closely as everybody. You've been breaking lots of the information that's been out there. What was your, how do you think the overall reaction has been out there throughout North America with the NHL's plan on return to play? Well, I think everybody was excited. Um, you know, the one thing that I, I really got the impression of is that people enjoyed talking about something that was sports-related, Right. You know, the, the matchups, who do you like, um, the head-to-head. I, I know uh, people really liked hearing about the, uh, you know, who was healthy, who's coming back from injuries. People, when they heard that the roster is going to be 28-plus unlimited goalies, they liked, you know, hey, which prospects could be coming, who's going to fill out the 28. Um, you know, I mean, even the Eichel thing yesterday, even though that wasn't great for Buffalo, you know, people were really interested in it, and I think it was – it was nice to talk about um, just some hockey-related stuff. Um, it was a good break for people to have the kinds of sports radio and sports Twitter conversations and arguments that we all like to have. So, you know, from that point of view, I thought it was a really good couple of days of PR for the NHL. Now, I, you know, I, there's no guarantees, and I think there's still a lot of work to do. To do right. But it, I think people really enjoyed talking about some of the quote-unquote normal stuff for 48 to 72 hours. Uh, Elliot, it is it is my belief that the NHL would like to come to Canada. Uh, they I, well, a, you're right. Like, I mean, they're, they're on the record about that. Like, I, okay. that's true. All right. So I'm going to throw an idea out, a concept out, and you tell me whether or not I'm out to lunch. And you mm-hmm. know I bust. We have fun playing the Toronto thing off the Western Canadian <laughs> thing or the Alberta thing. <laughs> Yeah. I think it, I think in a perfect world the NHL would love to go to Toronto. Uh, you know, look, you got you got the two major Canadian sports networks both basically based in Toronto. Uh, you guys have got the rights. Uh, you would have the wherewithal uh, to to handle multiple games. There's numerous uh, practice facilities that would be available in Toronto. Uh, obviously, it goes without saying. Right now, Toronto's, you know, Eastern Canada, Eastern Canada, Central mm-hmm. East Canada has got greater challenges right now than Alberta, BC. But that's irrelevant to this. I do you buy the? Do you think there's anything to the potential of the NHL not making a decision at this time because they want to see the situation in Toronto get a little bit better on the COVID front? I, I don't know if it's if it's that simple, Bob. Like, look, let's go back to the beginning of all this, right? Yep. Like, I, I do think that there was a time, and this is my personal opinion, okay? I do think that it, there was a time they kind of looked at it as Vegas in the West and Toronto in the East, okay? Yep. I, I think they did say maybe it's possible that that is our ideal setup. You know, it's what's the old line? You plan and God laughs, right? Like, if the number one priority is safety, you know, Toronto is behind Edmonton and Vancouver. There, there's no question about that. Now, why in a perfect world, I think the reason Toronto would be behind ahead of Edmonton and Vancouver in this scenario is, one, it's east. And I, and I do think that right. the other thing here that nobody knows about, Bob, is 
how are these various cities or regions incentivizing uh, the NHL? Hundred percent. Like, what's what's Vegas going to do? Are they going to say you get the whole like Vegas was right out in the front saying we want the NHL and we want the NBA? You know, the NBA is talking about going to Disney World in Orlando. But I'm reading today that there are still people in the NBA who would rather go to Vegas. Yep. So what? So what is Vegas going to do to say, all right, we want your business? Are they going to give you free hotels? Are they going to offer to pay for stuff? Like I don't know the answer, but I know everybody's wondering what's there. What's the final part of the negotiation? So if you think if you want to go one east and one west. You know, Toronto has a better overall structure in terms of everything than both Pittsburgh and Columbus. But 100%, our cases 100%. are higher. Our yeah. cases are higher. Our people haven't behaved as well. Um, there's no question about that. You know what, Bob? Like, to me, this comes down to two things. Is the Canadian border going to get sorted out? And yep. two, does it matter if it's an eastern and western city? Like, does it really matter? And to me, it doesn't. But I'm not making a decision here. Yeah. And, I mean, just I, I know we brought this up on past shows even with you before. I mean, when it comes to the state of Nevada, they're playing with a stacked deck, no pun intended, because, yeah. you know, there's there's a stupidity tax that takes place there for everybody that comes in and travels into Vegas, right? And believe mm-hmm. me, I have been the physical embodiment of a guy who's paid that stupidity tax. So, <laughs> you know, like, they've, they've got advantages that nobody else has as a result, and absolutely, I mean, in Edmonton's case, the two closest hotels to the arena mm-hmm. are co-owned by Daryl Cates yeah. with the JW Marriott and by mm-hmm. Tom Gillardi with the Sutton Place, mm-hmm. right, and who owns the Dallas Stars. So, you know, but I don't see, I can tell you right now, Edmonton is not giving up free hotel rooms. That is not going to be part of, uh, the, and the Canadian, obviously the Canadian dollar plays a factor, Huge factor. Saw, but the biggest saw, factor, the biggest factor, one is safety and two is the border. Like, like I, I have kind of a, a, a theory here, okay? Go for it. The fact that they announced yesterday, and they, that they, that, or they didn't announce it, it got out yesterday that training camps aren't going to begin before July 10th. That's phase three. What that says to me is that phase two, which is the non-mandatory phase, you know, teams can open up their um, teams can open up their facilities. Players don't have to go to them, but they can they can if they want. I'm wondering if that phase two is going to come in around June 21st, and why is June 21st a significant date? Because that's the next decision on the border. Right. And what that says to me is that they're going to wait one more deadline to see does the border open and see if Canada can be a part of this. That's well, my guess. And you know what, Elliot? I'll take it one step further. Like, I, I know I have fun at times with some people at Virtue Signal, and I, I tend to, you know, like to be a little bit more self-deprecating about my own inadequacies in life. Uh, but that said, I understand the position of some of the, even some of the sports writers or guys that have maybe moved in, maybe out of sports and covered COVID during this time. I understand their perspective, given what Montreal and Toronto and Ontario and Quebec are going through right now. 
we're going yeah, through yeah. something. We're going through something different, you know, here in Alberta. You know that. You know, we we talk about the. It's a completely different experience right now in Alberta, BC. We have people pushing the other way, saying we need to open up more. We need to get mm-hmm. more of our economy going back. And, and so, and there's a little bit of a different philosophical nature in maybe hardcore downtown city center Toronto than there is in a lot of places in Alberta and even a lot of places in BC outside of the lower mainland. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And you know, but the thing is, Bob, there's two things about all this that I think are kind of dumb. Okay. Number one, number one, I don't think it matters if both cities are in the West. Like, pick your best cities, your safest cities with the best setup. And if, say, Vegas and Edmonton are your best two, I think you should just take them. Like, who cares what part of the country you're in? Like, you know, like to me, you can work around that. The second thing is this whole thing that the Oilers shouldn't play in Edmonton, for example, I, if oh, they get to host what it. What is with that? I think that, or Vegas shouldn't get to play in Vegas. I think that is so stupid. Like, so I... I like what what home ice advantage are you getting? You know the boards. You know the, everybody will figure out the boards in two periods. Even that robin right now over your right shoulder is chirping and agreeing <laughs> with you. That's how good it's going right now. Like I, I think this thing about you can't play where like the Oilers can't play in Edmonton. Like to me, like you're not staying at home. You're staying in a hotel. You're all in the same bubble. Yeah. I mean, like. You know, if the Oilers play a higher-seeded team, make the Oilers use the visitor dressing room if the higher-seeded team wants it. Like, is is it really that hard? Like, I, you know, like, I don't get it. Like, to me, that's, that's, we're overthinking it if we really think that's a problem. Yeah, and as you know, Elliot, uh, Edmonton's visiting dressing room was voted the best visiting dressing room in the NHL uh, by the uh, NHLPA. Hey, uh, let's hit on some quick uh, hitters here. Sure. Uh, Leon, Leon Dreisaitl, and you have never been one. We've got him coming up at 105. Yeah. Look, I liked him in 2014. I thought he could be 25, 50, 75. Like, I kind of thought, you know what, in a really good year, which is a lot. Like, people need to – This is. it's not the 1980s anymore. A 75-point score is a hell of a lot of points in the NHL today. I personally never thought he'd turn out to be – the last two years he's been one of the five best players in the world. What about you? Oh, I mean, he had a monster year this year. Like – I, like to me, like he had 50 goals last year. To me, this season is way more impressive than last year. But and and I'll tell you something, like Bob, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough call for us. Like who who's the hard trophy oiler? Oh, I think if you, I think if we throw it out there right now on the Ashley Fine Floors text line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three, who's the hard trophy oiler? Fire away. My guess is 70% of the fans will say it's Dreisaitl. Yeah, this year, I think they probably would. But I'll tell you, it's a tough call. But, I mean, like I said, like, I know I got heck on your station last year for, I I, I wouldn't say I was down on his 50-goal year, but I wasn't as up on it as I think a lot of your fans were. Like, to me this year, like, wow. I mean, what a year. What a great player. Do you think he wins the uh, heart? Oh, I think he's got a great shot at it, yeah. yeah. I, I think he has a great shot at the Hart Trophy. I, I do. I, yes. You know, I'll tell you this. There's, there's a lot of respect out there for your other oiler, McDavid. 
and there's a lot of respect out there for McKinnon. Like, to yep. me, it's, it's one of those three guys, and I, I think Leon's got a great shot at it. Do you think there's any chance Panarin works his way into the Eastern Conference vote? I mean, what he did with the Rangers in the last 30 games was really impressive. Yeah, you know, I, I got to tell you, I think Panarin will be in the conversation. I, I just don't know if, if, if he's going to win it. Like, I think if, if the Rangers had, like, if he had a bit more runway and they would have gotten in that way, I know it was coming. Like, I know it was coming. I'm not sure. You know what? You know what's going to be interesting, Bob, and we have to sort this out is when are we going to vote? Yep. Well, I, like, the I'm regular all... season is over. And we have to figure out when we're going to vote. Yeah, you guys, I am not on that. I'm on the coaches' uh, vote. As you know, the NHL yeah. broadcasters pick the coaches. Um, so, for what it's worth, it's... But Leon, you know, Leon, I think, has he's got a great shot at it. Like, legit, legit shot at it. In uh, the spring of 19, or summer of 1989, uh, check that, 88, I took stats 241 at the university. Uh, and I didn't take it because the class was 90% made up of nurses. It just worked out that way. I had to register early that year for school. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I got the whole family listed in the house, by the way. Uh, but anyhow, I digress. Uh, do you got your abacus out to figure out how this draft is? It's, it's pretty cool, the concept they've come up for the draft. I got to tell you, Bob, I thought they were going to hate what they uh, – what, I thought I was going to hate what they came up with the lottery. I think yeah. it's actually really fair and really good. So do I. It's going to be weird if – one of those teams wins the lottery and we have to wait six weeks to find out who's going to get it. That is going to be very strange. And, and, and the way I, I and the way I, and the way I understand it. So the eight teams that are eliminated would all have a uh, percentage chance. Is that correct? 12 and a half percent. They split it eight ways. So each team would have the same chance, even though you could have like, theoretically you could have the Oilers who had a, not, let's just say, and we don't want this to happen, but let's say, you know, Chicago's got a veteran team. They pull off the – it wouldn't wouldn't be that big of an upset given some of their uh, Stanley Cup championships, but Edmonton would have the same chance as, yes. say, Montreal or, or who are completely the out of 18, it. If you look at the release the league sent out, the eight teams that lose in the playoff round, if there is, has to be a second lottery for one of the top three picks – the eight losers will have the same percentage, 12.5%. However, if we get to a point where the second the, the play-in rounds are never held, then it, Mark Bergevin said the other day he was told it goes back to percentage. But if they play and eight lose, they all get 12.5%. All right. Elliot, as always, great stuff. We appreciate your time, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up next week, okay? All right, tell me who the fans say I should vote for. Well, we're getting tons of texts, so I'll get back to that. I'll, uh, I'll send it to you later this afternoon. Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland, chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. 
the winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Bob. See you later, bud. Yeah, we'll get to some of those texts on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. It's 1251 at Edmonton, and this is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1254 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. Uh, during the season, all season long, the Oilers Now injury report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to James H. Brown. Dot com. Uh, Jim Brown, Trent Brown, and the staff of James H. Brown want to wish you uh, the best during these challenging times. Stay safe and stay positive. Uh, Brendan, do you think there's something to that? And, and we do have a lot of responses, by the way, on uh, on Dry Settle slash McDavid. Um, do you think there's maybe something to sort of that Alberta spirit? And uh, and maybe that things are. I mean, you're a BC guy. Do you think there's a difference between the BC, you know, the, the Lower Mainland and the rest of the province as well? Because I, I got to tell you, when I worked up in Fort Saint John and Fort Saint James and uh, Prince George, to me, a lot of the people reminded me a lot of uh, of Albertans or specifically Northern Albertans. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. So you're saying like we're a more passionate hockey fan well, just, base just here? A, is that a little bit different mindset towards I, life? Right? I would say so, and I'll stand by this. You know, one of my first experiences one of my first real Edmonton experiences when I moved to this city was sitting in a Boston pizza at the lonely guys section just by myself taking things in watching the Oilers game on TV middle of the regular season and people are lighting up every goal uh, you know literally they've got the goal siren and the goal horn going on and, and that sort of thing and the lights and and so me that encapsulated like in and in, 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 for all intents and purposes probably a minute game on the schedule something that wasn't necessarily significant but watching the passion there, I've never seen anything like that in BC, anywhere yeah. for any reason. Uh, so there you I, go. I watched uh, Game Seven of the '94 uh, Final between the New York Rangers and the Vancouver Canucks uh, at Coach's Corner in uh, Prince George, opposite of the PG Hotel, uh, in a, which is nicknamed. Just take a couple of words off the word hotel, and uh, it was uh, it was. People were really after the Canucks lost in Game Seven in Prince George. They were out there, and they had the you know there was a lot of passion, a lot of frustration that night as well. Uh, back in 1994, let's go to the text on our Ashley Fine Floor text line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. This text comes in saying Drysaddle might win the heart, but deep down, who is the heart of the Oilers? Drysaddle's very productive, but Connor is electrifying. That's one text. Again, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Another texter says, Bob, it's Leon from the heart all day this season. No question. Sunny in Vancouver says, tell Friedman, uh, uh, tell Friedman he should throw the orders a bone in voting after he robbed Nugent Hopkins for the Calder trophy. <laughs> I guess he didn't vote for him. And uh, Jay says, what has Nate McKinnon done that would warrant the heart that Leon Dreisaitl hasn't done? Uh, Brew Crew says, Bob, the Hart Trophy should go to Yamamoto or Bear. Their inclusion changed everything. Suddenly a puck-moving defenseman, and the Yamo effect was to energize Leon and Nuge. That freed up Connor to do even more. Lots of text on this topic. Uh, this one goes, Bob, Leon is the peanut butter, and Connor is the jelly. 
Well, that's one way to put it. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Kerry McCarthy. speaking of Leon. Leon Dreisettle, when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.